Welcome to Free Christian Church of God's Audio Outreach Ministry. For more information regarding the audio outreach ministries, or to order past messages, please contact the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. And now here's Pastor Jimmy Fry with today's message. Amen, Psalm 31, 19. It says, oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have done for those who trust in you before the sons of men. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this time that we are able to gather together as the bride of Christ and, and open up your word and be filled with understanding, be filled with awe and wonder uh, in who you are and what you've done. Uh, God, pray that your anointing falls on this message today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. There's a popular saying, and I think it's been around for a long time, but it kind of regained popularity in recent years because of of movies that it was involved in. And the saying goes like this, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You've heard it. There's a difference between saying this and knowing this, amen? So many times we hear these things repeated in church services or in our Christian life, and it's really nothing more than just lip service, if you know what I mean. But there's also a difference between knowing this and experiencing this. The Bible doesn't just say that God does good things. Scripture tells us that God is good. It's not just what he does, but it's who he is, and who he is never changes. In a world of rotating doors and inconsistencies, God is constant. He remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is eternally good. That means our God doesn't do bad things. But it also means he doesn't do mediocre things either. Not only is he good, but he is the standard of good. So what's right and what's beautiful and what is true is always measured by God. Seven times in the opening chapter of Genesis, the word is used very good, right? God created and said it was good. In Genesis 31, the culmination of all of that is very good because his work reflects his character. Because he is good, every ounce of what he does is good. 
There's nothing better for our souls, nothing better for a troubled, shaky soul than to gaze upon the goodness of God. No tricks, no habits, no vacations, no distractions or medications could ever bring the peace and gladness to the heart that reading, hearing, and meditating upon God's goodness brings. Nothing wells up thanksgiving in the heart of a believer like the goodness of God. We know this, right? But it's something that we have to keep at the forefront of our mind. It's how we survive. It's how we see in the hard times, in the sufferings of life, things correctly. I didn't need to put a section in my notes today to make sure that the congregation understood that life can be hard. Didn't have to do that, right? Everyone just knows that life can be hard. No one ever needs reminded of their current sufferings or their shortcomings or their stresses. I can honestly say I have never uh, awakened from my slumber in the morning and had to be reminded before my feet hit the floor that life was hard. Doesn't the world seem to frequently remind us that it is? The knowledge and understanding of a hard life just comes natural to all of us. And it seems to play on repeat over and over again. But in our human nature, the difficulties of life, the hardness of life seems to demand an explanation, right? At least if your brain works like mine. Everything can be solved if we just stress about it long enough, right? We tell ourselves that there has to be a reason and it has to be within my power to fix it, right? And all those things that we have zero control over and we know we have zero control over yet our brain keeps us up all night because probably sometime in the middle of the night we will be able to discover the remedy and we don't and the next day's worse because now we're tired and grouchy, and life is hard. But isn't it a grand thing to turn our thoughts, to turn the contemplations of our mind towards the goodness of God? Isn't it an incredible thing as believers we've been given something that comes from God it is a gift from God the knowledge that in all things he is good completely good this knowledge has a sustaining impact upon our life Trusting in the goodness of God changes everything. Back in the day when young men would first be employed upon the seas, having no experience of climbing to the top of the ship's mast, they would sometimes grow dizzy. 
never climbed the top of a mast, but I'm sure that's the last place you want to get dizzy. In their inexperience, the young deckhands would look down, causing them to measure the height of the mast. They would would take in the size of the waves that were crashing into the side of the ship that were causing it to toss up and down and to and fro. They say that any good, experienced captain would shout to the young lad as he climbed up the mast, Look up! Look up! Because in looking up, the great height of the mast would disappear. The tossing of the ship, the waves crashing, would be replaced in their vision by a motionless moon and stars. And as their eyes would fix upon something that was unmovable, unshakable, their mind would calm, their grip would loosen, and their feet would steady. And today, the word of the Lord is saying to the anxious hearts and the unsteady minds, look up, fix your eyes on that which is immeasurable and immovable, that which is fixed and steadfast. Behold the goodness of your God. Even for the psalmist. His declaration of the goodness of God comes from a place of suffering, a place where life was hard. We read in Psalm 31, 10 through 13, it says, this is bad, I I never have had it this bad. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. Because of all my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I've been forgotten like one who's dead. I've become like a broken vessel, for I hear the whispering of many terror on every side, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. Bummer. (laughs) But even in the midst of the suffering, even in the midst of the instability, he looks up and he thinks and he speaks and he writes of the goodness of God long enough that it consumes him. And he becomes lost in wonder. And he can only say in Psalm 31, 19, Oh, how great is your goodness. Hmm. Psalm 34, 1 and 2. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Go, jump to verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Uh, oh, fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions want 
suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. In all this suffering, he sees it for what it truly is and can say, I lack nothing. I lack absolutely nothing. We would imagine, as, as this is written, we, we, we imagine King David up on his throne and he's got his harp in his lap and he's resting and he's playing probably a Phil Wickham song on his harp. And he's got a full belly from just eating. But truly it was anything but that for David. In fact, he's not even king when he writes this. He's running for his life. They're trying to murder him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Strange offer in these perilous times. This offer is an invitation to not just confess God is good or just believe that God is good. It is a summons to actually experience that God is good. It's an invitation to look up. It's something you'll only be able to agree with by trying it for yourself. Psalm 34, 19 through 22 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. All of them. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Refuge with the Lord in the midst of danger is far better than comfort and safety without him. I lack no good thing because I have a good God. I read about a man this week by the name of Bernard Gilpin. Anybody ever heard of Bernard Gilpin? No. He was an Oxford theologian and a very influential preacher. I believe it was in the 1500s. Um, on his way to London where he was to be burnt at the stake. Somehow on his way to London, he broke his leg. And we would call that what? Insult to injury, right? Like I can't even die without things going wrong. So because he broke his leg, he had to pause, slow down on his way to his death. So his arrival was delayed. And he said the broken leg was all for the best. And it proved to be true. Because when he arrived, the bells were ringing of the death of Queen Mary. So he was not burned at the stake, all because a broken leg slowed him down. That's a good God. That's a good God. 
It may take time, but haven't you seen the goodness of God in some bizarre circumstances? Doesn't he show up just when you think, what in the world could even God do now? Never doubt the goodness of God. Romans 8.28 tells us this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. What better good is there for us than to be conformed into the image of Christ? Can anybody think of a better good? It seems that struggles keep me near the cross. That's good. It seems like struggles show us and those around us, that we need God and that his presence is near. That's good. Bad days, bad days fuel the longing of our soul for his return that will make all things right. That's good. It's the hardships, it's the troubles with the joy and the laughter. It's all life together that prove God is good. Psalm 107, 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. There's something in the life of every believer that cannot be surpassed or suppressed. Something that cannot be taken away or trumped or hidden. It's something that doesn't depreciate or diminish, and that is the goodness of God. In every waking moment of your life, God is good. And this good God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? That's a good God. Even when we fall short, he disciplines us for our good. Because he is good. His mercies are new every morning because he is Good. God is good changes everything. In anxiety, God is good. In depression, God is good. Where you fall short, he's a good God. Where you have no control, God is good. In cancer, he's a good God. When your child is prodigal, God is still good. When life is hard, all these things are hard, but when you boil it all down, when all the temporary is burnt away and, and, and everything eternal is left, you will see God is good. He's totally sovereign and he is totally good. I'm not going to lie to you, though. Good doesn't always feel good. 
right? You ever, <laughs> one time when I was, when I was uh, uh, working in the factory, I, I had a piece of metal lodged in my eye. And I had to go to the, the doctor to have it removed. And uh, I had a funny doctor. He was funny. Most of you probably had him too. Uh, he was uptown here in Continental for a while. And uh, he says, I'm going to take this n- needle and, and I'm going to get this thing out of your eye. Well, the problem is I had to watch the whole thing. Yeah, I couldn't close my eyes for this. I mean, one, but and he takes that needle and I watched it come into my eye and, and, and watched it press into my eye and pull the piece of metal out. And that was bad enough. But he said, and i got to put this stuff in your eye, and I'm going to check to see if there's any cuts. Well, obviously, there's a cut. The metal was stuck in my eye. I mean, I don't know. No doctor, though. And I remember him saying, like, I said, does it hurt? He said, no, it doesn't hurt. Okay, let's do it. Folks, he, that hurt so bad. It hurt so bad. It's a good thing that it was wet, and he couldn't see. I was crying. It hurt so bad. And I said, oh, what are you, do you, I'm never quiet anyway. So I'm, I'm like, dude, you told me this wasn't going to hurt. He said, oh, it hurts? I said, have you ever done it? He said, I've never put this in my eye. <laughs> but he promised me that it was for my good. But it didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like it. But there was a cut in my eye, and he was able to administer the treatment that healed my eye without my eye being infected. It's for our good. Life is hard, but it's for our good. Look up. It's for your good. And if you do that today, if you do that every day, you will see and you will feel the goodness of God more clearly. And at greater depths because of your trial. Look, look at how he has loved you just today. Just today, even if your morning was a chaotic mess, he loved you today. Grace and mercy was there this morning when you woke up. Why would it not be there tomorrow? He's a good God. Contrary to popular belief, good and evil are not equally locked in an eternal battle. I think we can fall into that trap sometimes where this is never going to end. Um, Really, this doesn't operate like a superhero villain movie. It's not a Marvel classic where a a little bit of evil survives so that it can uh, recoup and rise again to war another day. Our good God wins, period. And that'll be the end. It'll be the end. And in the end, all sin and suffering will be eradicated and all things will be made new and whole in our eternal destination forever in the goodness of God for the believer. 
Until then, we must believe that God's word is true and that God's word is reliable. God is good and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. True faith not only believes in the goodness of God, but expects to see it in the darkness and in the most unexpected places. Expects to see it. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down for the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He is good and there are no fluctuations in his character. He didn't lose the grip of his goodness in your circumstance. The Bible tells us he is good and he is ready to forgive. That's good. In his goodness, he has prepared good works for us to do. He has prepared a place for us eternally, and he numbers our steps. That's a good God. God is good in his plans for you and in his providence to see those plans come to fruition. And he's good in his sovereignty to be sure those things are brought to pass. He never leaves He never forsakes. He is the sustainer. He is the provider. And in the end, there is in store for me and you a crown of righteousness because he is good. So listen, Christian. The good outweighs the bad in your life. And it's not even close. You have way more blessings than you have burdens. Just look up. You just have to look up. He's good, and he has all wisdom, all power, all authority, all dominion, therefore I'm not really worried about much of anything. That's why I'm, I'm telling myself that. Like tonight when I go to bed, he's good with all power, dominion. He's good. Jesus was asked in Mark 10, 17, this would be a whole nother sermon, uh, but maybe we'll get to it in the Christmas season. A good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You've heard this. And really, you think about the way that he responds to this. It's kind of puzzling. It's kind of a puzzling response. He says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Now, how would you like to be the guy that asked that question in front of everybody? I thought I did a good thing, right? Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. In these words, Jesus, he's not denying that he was good. Jesus was implying that he was more than a man. In Jesus, the good God came down. No one is good except God alone. And I'm God. 
That's what he was saying. So stop looking towards tomorrow and recognize the goodness of God today. In the moment that you are in, and I, want, I just want to do a little exercise real quick, maybe to help you see this. Look beside you. Is that your husband, your wife? It's not supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be serious. Isn't God good? Now look, look just further past them. Are those your kids? Your grandkids? Isn't God good? Isn't God good? No matter what's going on, like, think about that. We, we just sat for an hour and a half, and we heard the Word of God preached, and we were able to comprehend it because of the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives as believers. Isn't God good? We just heard and could grasp divine truth from the living Word of God. Did you just forget about what you was walking through? Isn't that crazy? So, so I love how, how, how the psalm, the, the psalm he, he dealt with the problems. Like there was the reality of this, and we can't, we can't do that as believers and ignore that life is hard. Then we just look like dummies who are ignorant, right? Like, oh, praise God, everything's good. No, it's not. It's, it's, sometimes things are, they stink. Some, sometimes things just stink, but God's still good. And that changes things. So, so the psalmist, he dealt with the reality that things were tough, that things were hard. But then he would look up and his words totally changed from what's going on around me to what is true above me. And he was consumed with the goodness of God. And that's what we got to do. That's, that's, that's part of worship. When we come here and we sing, what we're doing is we're climbing the masts of life and we're just being told to look up. Just look, look up and throw off the things of the world that are weighing us down, that are making us dizzy and sick and tossing us to and fro. Just look up to the moon and the stars that are fixed and climb to the top. He's good today. Therefore, I know He'll be good tomorrow. And rest in that. So I'm going to leave you with some scriptures here. Uh, Psalm 119.68. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Nahum 1.7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. Psalm 143.10. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Psalm 33, 5. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Psalm 145, 5 through 7. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. 
Zechariah 9, 16 and 17, on that day, the Lord their God will save them as the flock of his people. For like the jewels of a crown, they shall shine on his land. For how great is his goodness and how great is his beauty. What it comes down to, folks, is do you believe what the Bible says? God knows the suffering that you carry. He knows the hurdles that we must navigate through. He knows how insufficient we are and how insecure we can feel. And our good God knows that in in each and every one of those things, he knows exactly what each and every one of us needs. He knows exactly what you need. It might not always be safe. (laughs) It might not always be pain-free or clear in the moment, but it's a promise. He will bring you to a depth of faith, to a height of joy in life through this hardship, through hard things, through suffering, through a hard life that you wouldn't trade for anything. That you wouldn't trade for anything. And he does that because he is good. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you are good. Uh, that you're all-knowing, that nothing surprises you, that you, uh, God, you never sleep or, or slumber, that you are continually active in our life. Nothing, nothing happens that you've missed or uh, catches you off guard. But Lord, it's all a part of your divine plan. Uh, as believers, you're, you're divine hand is never lifted from us, but it carries us through those things because you are a good God. Lord, I pray today that our song would be that, that you are good. No matter what we're walking through, whether it is a high or it is a low, might our mind be consumed with your goodness. Might our thoughts, our meditations, our conversations be an encouragement to our own spirit and to those around us to look up onto that which is immovable. He who never changes, the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that is our good God. God, for these next few moments, at least might we find some rest, some strength and encouragement in who we know you are. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Pastor Jimmy Fry from Free Christian Church of God in Continental Ohio. We hope you have enjoyed today's message and we would like to invite you to visit us next Sunday morning. Our Sunday morning services begin with Sunday school at 9.30, followed by the worship service at 10.30. 
Free Christian Church of God is located on the corner of State Route 15 and State Route 634, just north of Continental. For more information regarding this or other ministries, call the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. This has been a Free Christian Church of God audio outreach ministries production. 